Hello, what have we here? Welcome to the IDP Nation Podcast, the Factory Sports Network's IDP-centric show. We're your hosts, Dan Cook and Daryl Winston. Are you ready for some tenacious IDP discussion? We've got you covered from your LB1 Year Taxi Squad. This is IDP Nation. And we're back again here. This is the third time this week you'll be hearing us. Uh, I think this is going to drop on Thursday, so happy Thursday uh, to you all. Uh, There's a lot of news and notes to get to, uh, but like we said before, we want to keep these short and sweet to the point covering divisions. So on our weekly show, we'll wrap up the Mason Foster news and the other things and give you your options of who to pick up i'm sure you can tweet at us if you're really interested in who we think you should pick up i already told you the second i heard he was released it's sean Dion hamilton season uh daryl how are you doing pretty good dan how are you i'm great uh right before we recorded i uh and i know we're gonna get to, to football here in a second but this is football related uh, my nine-year-old, we, we did our, a mock draft on Fantasy Pros, and he mm. wanted to do it. So I'm like, yes, I got him hooked already. Okay. So he, he's uh, he, he's he's going to get addicted at a young age, I guess, to, to That's fantasy good football. good father points for you. That is, yes. I'm trying to be a good father, introducing <laughs> him to Madden and to uh, baseball and uh, introducing him to mock drafting and fantasy football. He did his fantasy football league last year. I think he finished third, and I really did not do much of anything besides read the names on the screen to him. Uh, he, he's kind of taken taken it upon himself to learn who these people are. The only pick I didn't like is he he, he drafted Lashawn McCoy, which I think there's just name recognition. He doesn't really fully understand the whole he isn't good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways uh so let's get into it here we are covering the afc south today uh we had a lot of fun with our guests this week now we're getting divisions here uh the houston texans are first they were finished first last year and they could finish first again this year daryl this is daryl's worst episode ever because he's got to talk about three teams he hates and then one team he likes so, anyway. I already want to vomit. Yes. Well, we were just looking at the defensive front of the Houston Texans, and really, it's it's kind of scary. Uh, I mean, obviously, J.J. Watt is up front, and that's not the scary part. Um, he is on the pup list right now. I, I would imagine that's just giving him some veteran rest, you know, to start camp. He doesn't need to be out there banging with the rookies and stuff. Um, DJ Reader is up front, and Brandon Dunn are your probable starters. Um, I didn't even know Brandon Dunn existed, so I don't know. Uh, Charles Emenehue is another guy that could rotate in there. Um, kind of calling these guys defensive ends and defensive tackles is tough. And I know Emenehue on my fantasy league is a defensive end. Uh, kind of cuts down his value because he's going to be more of a defensive tackle. Just like Reader is listed as a defensive end on the depth chart right now, he's going to be more of a tackle. Because um, yeah. the Texans, as we know, like to rush Mar- uh, Whitney Merciless and Jadavian Clowney. Um, and what? Uh, and we will chime in with this news that he is expected to join training camp uh, on time. He's not expected to hold out. 
So there's really, I mean, the, the, he can't negotiate anything anymore. It's like the Le'Veon Bell situation last year. If he's going to sit out to prove a point, he'd have to sit out the whole year, which I don't think Clowney is planning on doing. No. Uh, then you got inside Zach Cunningham and Bernardrick McKinney. Those are both pretty valuable IDP assets. Uh, Clowney is in high sack leagues uh, as an outside linebacker. Or if your positional designation's defensive end, he's great to have there. Um, some some ancillary pieces there. Dylan Cole uh, can fill in if, if Cunningham or McKinney get hurt. Uh, if if either Merciless or Clowney goes down, it's really a graveyard after that. There really is not anybody that's sticking out. I mean, Brandon Scarlett, I guess, uh, could play a little. Um, I know that last year's uh, pick, Duke Edgefer, is already on the IR. So they... they don't seem to have him, which I guess they were figuring he could possibly fill in as a pass rusher. So they're kind of hurting at that rush position besides, you know, I mean, they have three really good ones, but they're really hurting besides that. Um, yes. So, you know, you can see some interesting maybe uh, post-cut pickups, maybe, at edge, edge rusher <laughs> for them. Uh, at corner, they have Jonathan Joseph, who seems like he's been there since the Texans were founded. Uh, he, he's been a staple <laughs> there for a long time. Uh, Aaron Colvin is on the other side. He comes over from Jacksonville. And Bradley Roby comes over from Denver to be their nickelbacker. So they have upgraded, I think, at corner. Uh, they've downgraded a tad at safety, though, because Bye Bye Honey Badger and Sean Gibson uh, from Jackson comes over from Jacksonville. Uh, the one safety that I did not mention that is probably my favorite defender out of this group besides J.J. Watt, uh, Justin Reed. And I think he's a great player that you should definitely keep your eye on. He's one of those... Uh, guys, you could probably get real late if you're doing a redraft league. Uh, if you're in a dynasty league and he's available, he shouldn't really be, but um, he's definitely a guy you should keep an eye on. Uh, anything else, Daryl? No, you've covered no. him mostly right there, so I and guess we can look at And I, I forgot to play a theme for the Houston Texans, so here it is here. Turn down the oh, that's a couple of my team I names just... for uh, teams that I have J.J. Watt on. Turn down for Watt. Uh, but anyway, uh, going over some stats here. The top five tacklers on the team. Zach Cunningham led the way with 107. Bernardrick McKinney had 105. Uh, those are your top two inside backers. Uh, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, had 89 tackles. Uh, Justin Reed, as I previously mentioned, had 88 tackles, and he only started 12 games. So imagine starting all 16. Uh, I, I'd imagine that could get up to around the 100 range. Um, yeah, playing very easily. Uh, Kareem Jackson has moved on as well. So it's two of their top five tacklers have left the team. Uh, he played a combination of safety and corner. He had 87 tackles combined. Um, and then you... F- fall off a cliff from there so that most of the tackles are getting funneled through that middle it seems like to the safeties and the linebackers um, i'd imagine it'd be pretty much the same uh, with maybe gibson benefiting uh, they also signed jaleel a day i forgot to mention that when we talked about the depth chart 
uh, a day could possibly fill in there. He was with the Chargers last few seasons. Um, but I'd consider Gibson could be a decent late-round pickup looking at the this replacement um, vacated production that they have to fill. Um, anything yeah. about that? No? Pretty much straight. No, you're, you're pretty much hitting it right on not there. So moving on to sacks, obviously J.J. Watt was fully healthy in 2018, which is a great thing. Uh, we, we all were mm-hmm. felt the, the – well, not for your team possibly, but uh, we, we were all happy to see him back in full force, seven force fumbles, 16 sacks, 25 QB hits. He looked like J.J. Watt again. Yes. Uh, which is good for the NFL. Um, Jadavian Clowney was second on the team with nine sacks. And, and that could be a reason why they might not want to pay him because, uh, you know, he's not even a double-digit sack guy most of his career. I can bring up the stats here. And some of that's um, injury It is injury-related. He has never hit double-digit sacks and wants to be paid like an elite pass rusher. Um, yeah, he did play um, a, He played a full 16 in 2007 and had nine and a half sacks. That was his highest um, and, and yes, he's missed most of. Uh, he, he missed his first season pretty much entirely. Mm-hmm. He played, you know, four games, and he's missed time each of the other. You know, a couple games here or there, the last few. Uh, but they need him to stay healthy, well, and I think they want him to prove he can stay healthy and get double-digit sacks. Because if not, you can find somebody else. I mean, Whitney Merciless has four. I mean, you're losing a few, but. You know, they they got to decide who to pay because they also have uh, Deshaun Watson going to be coming up for a contract. Uh, So they're they're going to have some decisions to make. They need to upgrade their offensive line. Not that we're talking offense, but you know they have some other things they have to look at, and they don't have a GM, which is one of the biggest issues (laughs) I think right now is they don't have a GM to make these decisions. Uh, Bill O'Brien's basically uh, making the decisions, I guess, along with the owners. Uh, the owner uh christian covington was three and a half sacks uh we didn't mention him it appears that he has moved on from the team yes Uh, i don't see him anywhere on the depth chart and then you had uh the honey badger with three sacks in fifth place so uh yeah they've lost some production they're definitely going to need clowny to get on the field and produce they are and really i think your, your secondary uh linemen like they, they have nothing there yeah they they have some space eaters which is fine but you know you need some production i think for some of these guys uh the and honey badger is going to be tough to replace i think um yes he for is them. and kareem jackson i mean they lost a lot of pieces that i think they're not going to be able to replace well, uh, i think so. they're hoping that those two ends, Watt and Clowney, will funnel everything to the middle where those linebackers are. And they normally do. I mean, we looked at tackle numbers a bit ago. I mean, that's where yeah. all the tackles are happening is in the middle for the most part. Um, you know, Zach Cunningham even missed two games, and he was a top tackler for them. Yeah, and I think he'll do better this year. I, I like Cunningham. Yeah, I like Cunningham too as a, probably like a, I don't know, I guess like – third or fourth tier linebacker if you're talking tiers um yeah that's what lb2 range lb2 so obviously the the top guys on the team jj watt Jadavian Clowney, justin reed 
Um, you could throw Jonathan Joseph in there. He's pretty solid. 13 passes defended last year, two interceptions. Right. Um, problem is a lot of these guys have gone. Um, look at a QB. Justin hits. Reed might be the one that feels over for Matthew. Well, yeah, I think Justin Reed's going to be their top safety option. I think Deshaun Gibson could see some production out of just necessity because who else is there? If you look at last year's uh, you know tackles, a lot of them were safety, safety and middle right. linebacker. So um, looking at vacated production, those are the guys that are probably going to pick up the slack uh, in that section. So Jaleel Day or Deshaun Gibson, whichever one wins the job there, that could be a position battle. I think Reed, they like him, so I think he has a job, definitely. Yeah. But um, the other job is up for grabs because they're both free agents brought over. So anything else as far as stats that stick out to you? I mean, mm, I Watt's mean, the, the, big, of, the big guy. Yeah, what, what's the big guy? Um, and I would have to say Clowney's next because he's got the 21 QB hits. So that's yeah. with that and the nine sacks, that's 30. He had three uh, fumble recoveries and one that they took back for a touchdown. Did have, so. And that's probably off of the seven that J.J. Watt forced. So probably. Those yeah, seven forced and, fumbles. And those two are actually a good pair of bookends Yeah, because they they got different Un- styles Unconventional game, but, bookends because, yeah, Yeah, and they kind of complement each other, too. Yeah. Yeah, so it's tough so, to defend that line, um, but – I think Houston has to do something with Clowney because if they lose him, they're going to need somebody to replace him, and I don't think they have anybody on this roster right now that can. And there's nobody in free agency, really. Yeah, I mean, most you I think mean, about most of, of the ends, end. they're all locked up for the most part. Yeah. They'd have to draft somebody. Uh, getting to snap count percentages, uh, the Honey Badger led the team with 97, uh, 98% of snaps, and that's going to be tough to replace. Uh, their second snap guy, 92% Kareem Jackson, who's also moved on. So your top two right. guys in snap counts uh, gone from the team. That's going to be very difficult to replace. J.J. Watt was next with 90% of snaps. I think that could pretty much stay the same. Bernardrick McKinney had 86%. Justin Reed had 85%. Uh, Clowney, 85%. Jonathan Joseph, 76%. Whitney Merciless, 73%. Zach Cunningham at 70%. And DJ Reader at 60%. And then just a mishmash of people. Um, so I think this defense is very top-heavy, as in the studs. Um, and yeah. you got a lot of snaps up for grabs that, that I think the Texans need some hungry uh, dudes going after these snaps. Um, one yes. uh, one corner I think we liked that might get an opportunity, Derek Beatty from Kentucky, I believe, where he came from. Maybe I'm wrong about the college. Yeah. Derek Beatty, junior. No, no, that's not. Okay. I thought so. It's been, it's been a while since I looked at the uh, rookie guide. Uh, he's a guy that could <laughs> possibly be something. I mean, he was, um, I think, a, just an undrafted guy, uh, looks like for them who was um, the one you mentioned a minute ago up front uh amenahu yeah i think he could be if he shows something he could be something that's going to have to step up for if in case they don't get clowny signed or whatever happens i don't think he, he's more <laughs> of an inter- interior lineman though he's not really a 
edge guy, I don't think, in my This whole clowny thing is kind of intriguing. Because I kind of I kind of see him being one that's going to be stingy and say, yeah, all right, you're not going to give me my contract. I'll I'll go ahead and sign the franchise tag. I'll play it out, and then next year he's gone. Because I don't think – I just don't see Houston paying up for him. I could be wrong. I don't really – I mean, they, they, they've, I don't lost, know they've lost a lot of talent on this defensive side of the ball, so – while I think they have gained talent on offense through the course of the last couple of years, they, they're really hurting on defense. Yeah, yeah they are. I, I, other than their linebackers and those two ends, they don't have a whole lot. Yeah. So they're going to have to address some things in the offseason uh, or maybe at the right before the season starts. Um, anything yep. else about the Texans? We talked about their losses. Uh, they didn't really. We talked about their gains. They picked up Roby and Colvin, so they did try to pick up some secondary pieces. Uh, yeah, you know Gibson and Adai. They they picked up, so they they tried. They, I think they needed another edge guy to to insulate themselves a little bit, and they probably could have used an interior lineman as well because. I don't right. know. That interior line, it, they rotate around a lot, it seems like, based off the snap counts, besides why. And the interior, you don't realize, but those interior linemen are so important. Well, yeah. They, they don't are. get the recognition that they deserve, but they are they are very important in the NFL. Very important in the NFL. In the IDP world, unless you're a disruptor, they're not very, yeah. you know, you're not very important. If you're just a hole plugger, like you're, you're, a, you're a double team taker. Right. You know, those guys are really valuable NFL-wise. You know, the guys that can take on two guys, you know, that need two players to keep them from getting anywhere. Or they can just tie up two linemen because of the way they uh, attack. Right. You know, And that's part guys. of the reason I like the uh, Pacific position leagues that require you start to tackles. Because you really got to get yeah. in there and dig and find out who's doing what and yeah, like I look at a guy like Vince Wilfork historically, who did play for the Texans, so we're we're kind of in the in the range of the Texans here, yeah. where he was not maybe the most flashy at stats wise, but it took two guys to pretty much handle him on every play, which I think helped Watt a lot early in his career, um, to to be able to just take on the the right tackle and. That's all he had to worry about. He didn't have to worry about guards coming over, you know, too much because, right. And yeah, that's how he's able to get twenty sacks in a couple oh, yeah. of years uh, because he they had good players um, there. So anyway, um, anywho, going to another one of your favorite teams, the Indianapolis Colts. Oh gosh, I wish this wouldn't have edited show. I could. Oh. Yeah, like I said, you're going to hate three-fourths of this episode, and you might not even like the last fourth of it because, you know, you, I don't know. I hope you really enjoy this episode. I just hope you do. I kind of am because it's just kind of funny. Uh, yeah, but anyway, see, and as much as you hate these teams in this division based off of your loyalties, um, this team is really intriguing on defense because the last two drafts, they have done an excellent job of getting talent on the football field. And I think you'd fully agree. Yes. Begrudgingly, you'd agree. Yeah. Because yes. you hate to admit somebody's improving. Uh, but Someone's forcing in, in the, me to say this. Yes. Well, 
<laughs> hey, we have to we have to tell the truth in the show. You know, we're not going to just sit here. And, uh, they are a highly improved team all around. I think uh, you know the GM has done a great job of building this team the right way. They're definitely um, headed in the right direction. Yeah, they definitely are, and, and they already had a pretty good team. You know, they fell off the face of the earth when Luck got hurt, obviously, because Luck's a big part of the team. Yeah, but they're doing it with some pieces that you wouldn't necessarily think as top end pieces or very good pieces. Yeah, but it's a good mix, which is making the whole whole thing good. Yeah, and their defense uh, is really, really uh, came together last year and was playing pretty good. Uh, up front at tackle, they have uh, Danico Autry, Tyquan Lewis, and Margus Hunt. Uh, Margus Hunt was an IDP darling for a while. So was Danico Autry. Um, and Tyquan Lewis kind of kicked into that D tackle. He, he played a little bit of defensive end last year. Uh, but I think yeah. with uh, Justin Houston getting signed, he's going to be primary D end with Jabal Sheard. And uh, this is actually, I guess, what I'm looking at. Not updated because you have Kamiko Toure and Ben uh, Benogu are going to rotate in with Sheard and Houston. Sheard and Houston are not young, so no, they're not. Yeah, they, they're, they're going to need some breathers here and there. So they will rotate with them uh, in anything about this front four that um, you, you that you fear as a Titans fan. Sheard's he's a good solid veteran he's going to put up decent numbers but he is aging um I think the the one piece that's standing out to me up front is Danico Autry really good he played D-end he played D-tackle he played some nose um he had nine sacks for them a year ago so that's pretty big I mean he's he's a piece they can build around they just they need some of those edge rushers well, I think they did a good job of signing and drafting. They did. I think they did. Um, when they drafted Ture, they, they pretty much knew he was raw. So he, he, he's going to make some, some leaps. He was a second-round pick. Yeah, um, he was a good piece for them. He, he's a good piece for them. And Ben Baggin, uh, Benogu is a second-round pick. So they, they are trying to hit on these second-round picks. Tyquan Lewis was a second-round pick. One for him. He didn't have a whole lot going on. He only that, played eight games. Tyquan Lewis. Yeah, as mentioned, he's kicking in, it looks like, to, to interior. Yeah, so. uh, Linebacker-wise, and here is where Oof. we we just want to, I don't Oof. know. See, see, well, let me start with Darius Leonard is my LB1 in rankings-wise, and I'd probably take him first. He he dethroned my, my biased love of Bobby Wagner a bit. <laughs> um, I don't <laughs> understand, like, and I hope this – depth chart completely changes because right now it looks like anthony walker's still the status quo starter in the middle and some guys ir franklin yeah he's not gonna be he should not be on the field um <laughs> last year we thought sky Moore was destined to start with darius leonard and those two were gonna just take the afc south by storm and and more still on the team, uh, so maybe there's hope. He for is, you. yes. He was waived and brought back, and um, I don't know. Uh, the, the the guy I guess this year we're, we're latching on to is Bobby Okariki, who was a third-round pick. Um, can this happen again where we like a, a guy and they stick with Walker anyway? 
could it happen a second straight year where we we are Apparently, just dead from wrong. what I've heard they like Okariki really well yeah um I could see them kicking Walker out and leaving Okariki play Walker it's yeah. strong side and let Okariki play the middle that's what I'm saying let Sky Moore play I don't know like I don't understand what Sky Moore did wrong because in training in Obviously, I watched the Seahawks-Colts game very intently, and he and Leonard were all over the place. place. Yeah, they were. Making tackles all over the place. And I was like, these two are the truth. Like, And and maybe more, like I said, maybe year two, something clicks and they like him better. I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't think they would have drafted Okariki, though, if they had somebody they liked already. But maybe. True. We'll, we'll see. Um getting to the secondary pieces walker can repeat last year too so i don't know how walker's even thought to start i don't know Uh, that's my theory but he's a good idp asset last year and those of you who didn't buy those of you who didn't listen to us and ignored the sky more love um probably got a steal because he was probably unowned and waiver wire probably um I finally gave in and made a wave wire pickup after a while. <laughs> uh, now the corners for the Colts can be very good IDP assets because they get thrown on a lot because a lot of teams are in shootouts with the Colts because they can score. Uh, Pierre Desir is one. Uh, Quincy Wilson is another. And Kenny Moore, I think they just paid pretty well, is their third corner. Uh, Nate Hairston mixes in when they have injuries uh i think even jalen collins mixed in last year and they drafted rock Yassin. Mm-hmm. and an interesting thing like- that i see here on this depth chart and we'll have to check the accuracy of it as we get into training camp uh, marvell tell is listed as a corner Ooh, interesting now he played a lot of free safety for the trojans correct yes so that could, I mean, if he can cover, he, he's, you know, a backup right now. But I thought Tell and Willis should be, could be groomed into the future starters. I mean, I know Malik Hooker was a first-round pick a few years ago. Uh, and Clayton, he, but he just can't stay healthy as his thing. And he neither can his that. counterpart, Clayton Gaithers, can't stay healthy to save his life yeah. either. He missed an entire season. We I thought he was kind of done for because it seemed like he was just destined to be hurt all the time uh, Matthias Fairley played pretty well in in um, in place of Gathers when he was out for the season they drafted Kyrie Willis who I would like to see uh, yeah. take that step if something were to happen to Gathers um, and I think uh, Yassin will be a good player for him too Iraq Yassin I think he's going to probably win one of these corner jobs sooner rather than later uh, yep. he was a second round pick how did the Colts end up with all these second-round picks? <laughs> I, I feel like I'm saying that over and over again. He was a second-round pick last year or this year. Like, they had – I mean, Banigou was a second. Sin was a second this year. I guess from the Jets trade, they had a bunch of seconds. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, yeah. Leonard and Taekwon Lewis and Ture, they had three last year. All spent on defense. They're spending their draft capital on defense – um, actually, Paris Campbell was a second-round pick this year. Did they trade out of their first? Is that how they have all these seconds? 
It might be. I think they did. I think we trade her out of the first because I see a ton of second round picks. So, um, brain's a little fuzzy, but yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I don't have the draft stuff in front of me right now. I just had their um, other stuff. So, uh, also, EJ Speed is a very good name. Uh, not sure how <laughs> uh, effective he'll be. They have him backing up Darius Leonard, so I don't know. We'll see about that. I think Okariki, if anything happens, I think Okariki starts, to be honest. But And Banigou, I think, I think uh, plays mixing in at defensive end. Yeah, I think uh, he's going to be in a heavy rotation behind Sheard and uh, Houston. Um, they're going to be the veteran starters, but I think Banigou is going to see a good, good, healthy amount of reps. Yeah, and the only other uh, name, uh, Derek Kindred came over from Cleveland. He's a backup safety. Uh, he will, again, th- these guys in the secondary for the Colts have been historically injured often, so Kendrick could get some play- playing time. He's not somebody to, to roster right now, but an eye, like, something to keep an eye on if something were to happen to Hooker or gathers and they don't think Willis is ready. Right. Um, so getting into the stats here. Uh, Darius Leonard obviously led the way in tackles. He led everybody in tackles with 163 tackles. Uh, eight he was a hits, monster. Seven sacks. We'll get to sacks here in a minute. Uh, two INTs, four first fumbles, two fumble recoveries. You know, and one of the things we talk, I talked about with somebody today was uh, regression. We were talking about Patrick Mahomes in regression. And I'm like, well, what if it doesn't happen. What if they just maintain 163 or increase or, you know, that we were talking about, we were talking about touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. Like what if he throws 55 next year? You know, what if that whole regression conversation is just expected probability and it doesn't work out? Like that'd be great just because I like chaos. Uh, chaos is a letter, <laughs> you know, uh, but Leonard led the way with 163 tackles. Walker, like I said, was a very good IDP player last year. I just don't see it uh, with 105 tackles. Uh, he had one sack, uh, one forced, uh, one fumble recovery, and one INT. Um, he's only 23 years old, so he's the same age as Leonard. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I am just dead wrong on Walker, and I'm not seeing it. I don't know. Uh, Clayton Gathers uh, played 12 games, had 89 tackles. So he only played 12 games and had third team in tackles. Uh, so when he is healthy, he is a must start on your IDP team. Oh, yeah. Uh, he racks up the tackles. Yes, uh, he, he didn't get you much else, though. No, he, he don't got, get he a got lot a, of A forced fumble, and that was about it. Uh, Pierre Desir was next with 79 tackles. Uh, that's what you want to see out of a corner. Lots of opportunity for tackles. Uh, had eight passes defended. Kenny Moore, who they just paid, I believe, uh, only 23 years old last year, 24 this year. He's um, a good young corner for them. 11 passes defended, three interceptions, uh, forced fumble, one and a half sacks, 77 tackles. Uh, that's a lot of stats to mix yeah, in there. Yeah, four for a loss, two quarterback hits. So, I mean, he he does a little bit of everything, and that's what you want. Yeah, so Moore, Moore is an IDP uh name to keep an eye on at corner i know i hate on corners all the time but there's some some love for a corner anyway i'm uh, marking it down 956 on 723 dan gives corners love yes yes occasionally i do throw some 
love the corners, even though I still won't pay for them. Uh, anyway, snap count percentages. We got Darius Leonard with 91% of the snaps. That's no yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, he missed a game. That's the reason. He missed a game and still had 163 tackles. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just bananas. That's crazy. That is insanity. Yeah, Malik Hooker played 87%. Uh, Kenny Moore played 87%. Pierre Desir played 86%. Jabal Sheard, my boy, 78% of snaps. Marcus Hunt played 69% of snaps. Gathers played 68%. Walker played 66%. So his percentage wasn't bad, considering um, his tackle numbers. He's very. He seemed to be pretty efficient with his tackles. Seemed, only seen the field two-thirds of the time. And Danico Autry played yeah. 53%, and then we got a mix of rotation guys. Um, Sky Moore did play 6 7% of snaps. There's hope. Uh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> A- any, anything to add about the Colts? I know you don't like talking about the Colts very much. Or the, or the, no, yeah, I was the Texans or the Kind of quiet for a minute. I was thinking about this Darius Leonard even if he regresses a little bit, he had 163 tackles last year. Mm-hmm. Say he regresses 15% on his tackles. That's roughly 24, 25. That still brings him down to 139, 140 on the season. He brings you down to what Leighton Vanderash gave you last year in 12 games. And that's probably still close or enough to lead the league. So, I mean, yeah. even if he regresses, he's still a top linebacker. So, yeah. you know. I think that's why he's my LB1, because even if he regresses the way this defense is set up, he should still eat tackles like crazy. Even with the two D tackles scoring very well for IDP in front of him, he still ate tackles. And he's still going to. Without that strong middle linebacker next to him, and maybe when when Okariki steps in, maybe he loses some. And, you know, not, not that Walker didn't get tackles. He got 103, I believe, was what I said. Um, yeah, so. You know. Yeah, I just I, – I'm all in on Leonard. I mean, even with – I've heard a lot of people say, well, he's going to regress. He's going to fall Leonard, back. Leonard said he wants 200 tackles and 20 sacks this year. Oh, my God. That, that he, he's an crazy. animal. That will be the greatest fantasy IDP season. That may be it the greatest be. fantasy season period if he can pull that off. Yeah, I forget. Uh, Maniac is his nickname. They call him the Maniac. I have to say, so, he is a beast. He plays oh. like a maniac on the field, that's for sure. Controlled Ooh. anger. You know, controlled rage. Yes. Some of those great NFL films uh, quotes, but... <laughs> um, we were... I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard, but I did have Darius Leonard as one of my three top linebackers coming into last season. So, oh, I missed, rookies? I, I, yeah, rookies. I had Roquan Tremaine yeah, and Darius Leonard as my top three. It's funny that you mentioned that. I'd found a sheet where I had wrote down, and I had him as my number three linebacker coming coming yeah. out. We fell in love with him at the Senior Bowl when he had like oh, 15 yeah. tackles by himself oh. in like half of the snaps. <laughs> so we're like, whoa, who is this kid from South Carolina State? Like, Yeah, he caught our eye quickly, that's for sure. Yeah. He, you wrote an article up about the Senior Bowl, and I'm like, whoa, that's impressive because yep. you're, you're playing with 
other guys trying to show off too. But anyway, uh, if you went to the scouting academy, maybe you'd know about Darius Leonard before you hit. But here's a word from the scouting academy. Scout NFL football like a pro. Invest in yourself and get a degree in player evaluation and assessment from the Scouting Academy. They've educated NFL GMs, personnel directors, and dozens of NFL scouts. Enroll today and you'll watch the same game tape NFL coaches watch. You'll learn to look past the metrics with position-by-position analysis. This is a time-tested curriculum, a chance to learn from the NFL execs, and coaches. Sign up today and get a Dynasty Football Factory exclusive discount for limited time only. Save $50 when you sign up at DynastyFootballFactory.com. And just a couple other notes. We, we kind of slacked on some of our promotional materials in the last couple episodes. We've been having too much fun with our guests, but you can go and get a <laughs> Dynasty or a Factory Sports membership uh, to the website DynastyFootballFactory.com. Uh, and I believe the deal is still going on. Twenty nine ninety nine, two guides, uh, the the offensive rookie and not offensive, the offensive rookie, an IDP rookie guide, and a year worth of subscription or membership to the site that includes our Slack channel, which uh, we were bouncing around in some conversations today. And you can ask anything, pretty much ask us anything. You can contribute to the factory fantasy mailbag if you ask a question and say hey can you talk about this in your next mailbag uh lewis i think has the next offensive one coming out soon mine dropped the other day uh check it out pretty cool visual that uh Fenaro put together for us and also uh i would be remiss if i didn't mention uh shane and the redraft team michael and tom i believe were the the and william i think were the the big the big four working on that um it's out you can get it it's ten dollars a very good guide to look at for your redraft leagues and just stats galore uh that thing is packed full of stuff man yeah and and if you didn't hear me on the super flex pod uh the other day talking with uh shane about it uh shane was saying basically he would come up with an idea of like hey we should put this in hey we should put this in and it just grew and grew and grew it's about 170 pages so it's not like some measly little 32 page you know espn called you know football preview you know the espn the magazine puts out where they have a page of uh snapshot it's 170 pages of information so um it will take you a good week to read through it thoroughly and uh, easily yeah and then i was training have to go back and look again yeah, and, and you know, I've been kind of disappointed with Training Camp Live. They they really haven't been showing a lot of practices, I guess, because it's early. Uh, well, Falcons so, were the only one that's on the field today, so. Okay, so you could kind of so, have that on in the background and read the redraft guide, and then if you got a membership and the two other guides, you could read about, like, 500 pages worth of guides this week. <laughs> Be a good way to spend your week. If you, if you have off, if you have work, maybe you can't do that, but. Anyways, back to uh, the Jaguars, your other favorite team. And the Jaguars are going to. Oh, you mean hopefully the cats. be better. Hopefully, be better this year than they were last year. Um, so I can say Duval more and more no. to irritate no. Daryl. 
because Duval <laughs> is uh, – they haven't lost a whole lot on defense. We did mention Aaron Colvin going to a competitor. Uh, but one thing we should mention that was a that was something that would be in our, normally in our news and notes is uh, Yannick Ngakwe is a candidate to hold out. He was looking for a new contract, and holding out may be an option. So if they are missing him – well, I don't think they'll be crying because they drafted his heir nope. in Josh Allen. So I, I think they, they will miss Ngakwe a bit. Exactly why they did that. But, yeah, they, they could maybe saw the writing on the wall and said, hey, let's uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's bring in his, his replacement. Uh, but starting in the middle, they did lose uh, Malik Jackson. We, we talked about that when we talked about the Eagles. Uh, but they do have Marcel Darius, Avery Jones, Taven Bryant. Um, and that's going to probably, you know, Dayton Jones will probably rotate in there. Um, but those guys are going to play most often. I think Taven Bryant takes a step this year. Played you know, sparingly last year um, in the interior. Played some outside as well. I think he could be one of those very flexible players that plays in and out. Um, especially because Class Campbell could kick in as well. He used to play defensive tackle, so they, they have a lot of flexibility. I think they do. Um, Josh Allen, we mentioned, he should be on the field if Ngakwe is not. He should probably rotate in. Um, can you imagine having Class Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, and Josh Allen trying to rush your quarterback? I would rather not. Yes, you probably would not want to. With Taven Bryan also and Marcel <laughs> Darius, like yeah. if they bring a blitz and uh, they have Allen Field, and, yeah, and that'd Gawkway's be pretty scary. Gawkway is intriguing. He's a, he's just so streaky for me. So I, yeah, I wonder how Jacksonville sees that and this contract thing. So maybe that's they like you said they had the foresight, so they went ahead and took Josh Allen. See, it's funny because Josh Allen's really the only guy. Josh Allen's really the only guy I want to own out of these guys, unless it's redraft. If it's redraft, then take Class Campbell. I mean, that's fine. But for Dynasty, Class Campbell's uh, ADP and where he goes is way too rich for me because I think he's yeah got to be close to done. What he's like, going for? I put him in that Carlos Dunlap, um, Jabal Sheard, you know, maybe not talent-wise, but in that same range where I, these guys are about to fall off a cliff. And yes. I don't want to be stuck holding these guys when they fall apart, when they aren't playing anymore, and you basically can't get anything for them. So if you got somebody in your league that's, that's dying to get Class Campbell, uh, get it, because, you know, get, get something for him. Um, you know, he's still a valuable asset. I think just... I, Projecting to future, I don't think he's got much more time. And we'll he's kind of counts. almost like Tom Brady in a way. He keeps producing, but keeps at any point you expect him to fall off the cliff. Yeah, and you know he, he was – I expected when he came to Jacksonville for that drop to happen. But he think. really has not. Think. He really has stuck with it, and he's, he's excelled a bit in Jacksonville. Um, so th- that's the front four, basically, for them. Uh, the linebackers, well, Telvin Smith decided he doesn't want to play football this year. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, you're happy about that. <laughs> His IDP owners are not happy about that. Oh, no. 
And the interesting thing to, to think about, if you're a dynasty, if you're in a dynasty startup, be it t- what point do you feel comfortable taking Telvin Smith and just saying, whatever, he's going to come back next year. I was listening to the IDP guys uh, had this conversation about uh, Telvin Smith's ADP. And uh, I think that Sean was saying that he's buying him. He'll take him as his first LB and just let him sit for a year, pretend he's injured. Wow. Which I don't know if I'd go that far. He he also mentioned that that would be his one risky pick that he would make in that um, in that draft. But it's interesting because I'm not selling him if I own him. You know, I'm just going to stash him. You know, I did take a lot of Quincy Williams, who a lot of people think will be the replacement for him. Because um, it's pretty ugly behind Miles. I mean, oh, Miles yeah. Jack is cemented in there as the middle linebacker. Um, despite people kind of being down on him, we'll take a look at the stats here in a few minutes to kind of maybe. Maybe people have too high expectations for him. I don't know. Uh, but here are the list of linebackers besides Miles Jack that are on the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. DJ Alexander, special teams ace. Don't get me wrong about his special teams ability. Starting <laughs> linebacker, no. Leon Jacobs. Laurenti McRae. Jake Ryan, who's currently on the non-football injury list. Najee Good. Mm-hmm. Quincy Williams, we mentioned. Rameek Wilson, yep. remember him? Yep. Uh, and actually, I would rather see Quincy Williams or Joe Giles Harris from Duke play yes. rather than watch this ragtag bunch of castoffs or never was uh try to fill in for Telvin Smith. Yeah, it's ugly. <laughs> I'd rather them just play Miles, Jack, and Quincy Williams and have Josh Allen blitz three downs every time. Like I'd rather yeah. see that than than them send Jake Ryan from State Farm out there and <laughs> you know Jake from State Farm. Yeah, uh, he used to be a Packer, so you know he probably was in one of those commercials somewhere. So yeah, linebackers kind of ugly here. And like I said, I will um, basically just Miles Jack and Quincy Williams and everybody else can just go away. Um, but anyway, yeah, I agree. Uh, corner-wise, you have two very, very good cover corners, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye. And Jalen Ramsey ran his mouth last year, and he kind of had to shut it over the offseason because a lot of people made him look silly last year and it it was not pretty and maybe it's because people were motivated to play against him just to kind of prove him wrong um so i I would expect as j as the front i mean well the linebackers are kind of hurt as the front four goes the secondary also goes because i think they do play um, they don't play exactly a Seattle type defense, but when they were clicking on defense, it was because they were getting pressure on the quarterback, and Ramsey and Bouye could hold their guys, right. not, not hold them, but you know keep them in check until 
somebody got their quarterback. Right. Um, safety wise, uh, one we like and one, eh. Ronnie Harrison, I think, is a stud. Um, I'm drafting yeah. him all over the place in these eliminators that I'm in. Uh, yep. Not if I can get him first. I think I took him from you the other day. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I hated you for so, that. Oh. Yes, yes. I had Hold him up. queued up, ready to go, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he did. Well, you I was know, probably I looking like at... Yeah. <laughs> I really uh, did. I, I cussed you over that for like an hour to myself. I was like, can't mud. Oh. Yeah, I'm hating you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other safety spot I think is up for grabs. You got Jared Wilson, you got Cody Davis, um, and Andrew Wingard, who I believe is from Wyoming. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him make a strong push during training camp for that spot. He's yeah. a he's a really good safety. See, I think the the issue that the Jacksonville team has is they have a lot of depth on that front four and their depth everywhere else is just not there. Right. And safety, obviously they needed to take Ronnie Harrison last year. Like everybody thought, Oh, they, they got a stacked defense. This is a luxury pick. Well, look at them now. It's not necessarily a luxury pick. You know, it's well, a must have. It was. I mean, at the time it was, but now it's like, wow, they really need some help back here. So, um, and I think people kind of think that Josh Allen was a luxury pick this year. They're still looking at it kind of that way. There's no way they could pass him up, though. Yeah, he was the best player on the board. I mean, that would have been crazy I mean, for them to pass, especially with some of the with Campbell aging yeah. and then Gawkway possibly holding out. Once you take those two away, that team looks entirely different. So that made a lot of sense. And for then him. you take Telvin Smith away, and this team looks. No, it looks completely different. It looks at, terribly average. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It looks terribly average. And I and think, I, think... <laughs> I, I don't think he is a team defense. I don't even think you want to draft Jacksonville as a team defense. Mm-hmm. I know last year uh, we talked and somebody no. in my one league took Jacksonville in like the sixth round or something like crazy like that because they were like, oh, they're, they're beasts. They're great. I, I think you want to avoid these guys. They'll get you sacks, but I'm yeah. not seeing much else. I think Harrison <laughs> and Jack will rack up the tackles. But yeah, yeah. we'll see how I, this I'm team does. On on Miles Jack, I think he's going to do good, just because of the sheer volume he's going to get with Elvin Smith going. I think volume is his game. It's it's how he's going to. But if you when we get into stats, if you kind of look. In some areas, he kind of outproduced him in some areas. So, yeah. Well, stats wise, Telvin Smith, 134 combined tackles, uh, had 100 solos. I mean, he had two interceptions, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, a sack. And he doesn't really blitz all that much, but, you know, to even to add that extra piece on, um, they're going to miss him so much. I don't think you can put a number on it or put a value on it. Um, Miles Jack had 107 tackles. So for everybody that wants to rip Miles Jack apart and say he's a bust and he's not as good as he should be, like, had over 100 tackles with Telvin Smith on the field. I mean, that number might be able to go up without Telvin Smith on the field. I think it will. I definitely see that happen. So maybe the Miles Jack haters will have to go away. 
because uh, just looking at ADP, Miles Jack used to be a name that people would just go after. He's only, you know, he's going to be 24 years old this season. Like, he still is growing into that role, like that position. So I think you need to pump the brakes and the hate. Um, he had an interception, for, a return for a touchdown. He had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery and two and a half sacks. Uh, Class Campbell's third on the team in tackles. And when your defensive end is third on the team in tackles, you, you know something's busted. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he had 72 tackles, 10 and a half sacks. He was their entire defense besides, you know, the linebackers last year. Um, 22 QB hits, you know, 20 tackles for loss, a forced fumble, fumble recovery. Like, he did it all. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was fourth on the team with 65 tackles. He had 13 passes defended. Um, he's one of those that's still a good corner and still can get you some stats. Uh, so he had a lot of tackles. He had some passes defended, some three picks. So, you know, he, he's one that you could roster. And I do roster him because uh, I still think he's a good corner. Uh, A.J. Bouye was third, fourth, fifth on the team. Yeah, I can't count today. Here, fifth on the team in tackles was 65. He, uh, I'm sorry, 54. I'm reading the wrong row. It's been a long week. This is our third show this week, so we're, we're, we're just going <laughs> to have to rewind a bit. Uh, he had a one pick and eight passes defended. Not exactly what you would expect from Bouye, considering his elite status the year before. Um. One thing to mention here that maybe is missing, Ronnie Harrison's not up there simply because he only started eight games. Um, he had 32 tackles, though, so I'd expect that to come up. Um, I don't think he was exactly playing. He played in 14 games, started eight. I don't think he necessarily had the snap counts to, to back up him. Um, looking at sacks... Obviously, we mentioned Class Campbell, 10 and a half. And Gakwe had nine and a half in what was a down season for him. He had 33 QB hits. So you talk about him being inconsistent, but the 33 quarterback hits is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Uh, he just He's just too inconsistent for me with those. He's streaky, but he's at, he, he, averages, he averages two hits a game on a quarterback. And like you said, it could yeah, be does. four in one game and zero in another. You know, we I didn't look at the game by game, but uh, look at yeah, season long. Back at yeah, moving on. Blake Jackson had three and a half sacks. Yeah, I mean, 2018 was a little down. I mean, obviously, everybody on this Jacksonville team was much better in 2017. Yes, there's no doubt about it. They were elite defense in 2017. Uh, and 2019, I don't think they're going to be elite either. Um, Malik Jackson's gone. He had three and a half sacks. Miles Jack had two and a half sacks. And Dante Fowler, who only played seven games for them, had two sacks. And he is now an L.A. Ram. Uh, and that, that's that's got a sting. for. I mean, they were not going to pick up his option. So they decided to trade him to the Rams. And, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Um, you know, they had Barry Church last year on the team. <laughs> I mean, Nick DeLuca played nine games, had a sack. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they just have a bunch of guys, you know. And I like Nick DeLuca coming out of college, but I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, snap count-wise, Miles Jack played 100% of snaps. Telvin Smith must have missed, like, one snap or something. Actually, he missed four snaps because uh, <laughs> he had 99.6%. Jalen Ramsey missed five snaps. He played 995 To Sean Gibson, who's now departed, played 98% of snaps, only missed, let's do some quick math here, 18 snaps. So they are really top heavy. Are you playing quarters over there? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're really top heavy when it comes to stat snap counts. So they will not take these guys off the field. I hope my hope is Ronnie Harrison. He only played thirty two percent of snaps. My hope is that Ronnie Harrison can be that ninety eight percent of snaps that Tayshawn Gibson got. Oh, I think he will too. And if that's the case, you know, add in his production and stuff, you know, thirty two percent of snaps is nothing in the NFL. No, that's you know, three hundred and twenty eight snaps out of a thousand, then that's that's nothing. Yeah, you're looking at basically special teams in a way. Uh, well, th- these are just defensive snaps. No, I special mean, teams. Those amount of snaps is basically what you get if you only played special teams more. Yeah. Yeah, he played 160 special team snaps as well. So he he played about a third of special teams as well. So he's probably on one of those teams. Probably the the punt uh cover team. Yeah. Uh to first tackling. Um anyway, going through here, AJ Bouye played 81% Class Campbell played 80%. Ngakwe played 75%. Barry Church played 65%. He's gone and probably not being signed by anybody. Um, Malik Jackson, 61%. He's gone. You can expect to see some of the other younger guys take his place. And that's about it. Marcel Darius played 55%. Um, a lot of departures from this defense. Uh, temporary, some, and some are permanent. Um, so... Yeah, this team will definitely look a lot different in 2019. And, and I know I love to, to bust your chops about the Jaguars being better than your Titans, but I, um, I'm i not impressed <laughs> with their defense looking through it like this. Yeah, I think they could actually struggle again this year. Yeah. Whereas, and, you know, here we're getting into your team here in a second. Um your team, on the other hand, has been building a, a strong defensive team over the past few drafts, and they have really put themselves in a good position to move on from veterans and build, mm-hmm. even though they took a guy this year in the first round that's not even going to play. So, right. And we'll get right into the Titans. Um, let's see if I can find something special for you here. Um Maybe this one here. Oh, God. Maybe this one. Really? You're yeah. Enjoying it. You're really enjoying this, aren't you? Oh, you know, I got the controls over here. So. Anyway, up front, uh, they, they play a 3-4 kind of defense. I don't know. It's it's been one of those kind of three fours for a while because uh, Jarrell yeah. Casey's one of the most confusing IDPs to figure out. He plays interior line, 
Uh, they have him listed as a nose tackle here, which is, I guess, kind of what he plays. Uh, Austin Johnson and Daquan Jones, uh, the other interior linemen, although I'm sure one or two of them is listed as a DN. I'm pretty sure Casey's listed as a DN on MFL. Um, any of these, uh, besides Jeffrey Simmons, who's not probably playing at all this year, are there any other of these interior linemen that we should keep an eye on? Not really. I mean... Jarrell Casey's going to be it up front, and I think they that's why they went ahead and took Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to most people, you ask, he was a top 10 player when yep. health. So, yeah, you know, if he didn't I'll, get hurt, he was probably getting drafted in that Oliver Quinn and Williams. Yeah, range. so I mean, probably, I think, probably before Wilkins. Yeah, I see the, the talent he has, and he is a really good player. So, I think they're just going to kind of punt with him, knowing how good he can be and knowing what they can put with Casey a year from now or late in the year. I don't think he's going to play this year. but Yeah, depending on your record, too, that could be a big – Yeah. You know, if, if you're not doing so hot, there's no reason to put that kid in there. But, yeah, up front, there's not – Austin Johnson's nothing special. Big mm-hmm. uh, one Jones is nothing special. They're just solid veterans. Yeah. Um. You, you did lose some 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 veterans, uh, but you also picked up a, an aging veteran, which I'm not sure why your team did. But um, looking at linebacker, your edge guys, uh, your boy Harold Landry that I told you <laughs> not to sleep on. You're coming around on him. Um, Kemalai Correa, kind of an edge guy, I guess. Um, I saw him more of an inside guy, but he seems to be the outside linebacker. Um, and your team signed Cameron Wake. I don't know why. I guess as a pass rush specialist. Yeah, he's going to fill that erect Poe Derek Morgan role. I yeah. mean, is he going to? So is he going to like? I don't think you take Landry's obviously doing that. You take Correa off the field to put Wake out there on yeah, third down. So I think Correa kicks as a backup now. Uh, Wake will step in as the starter opposite Landry, and I think he's going to. Another reason they picked him up is so because, like you said, they are building such a young team. I think they still kind of want that veteran presence. And Wake is still somewhat semi-productive. I mean, I think I I could actually see him having a better year this year than he did last year because the Dolphins were just horrible. And Tennessee had, if I'm not mistaken, it was a top-10 defense a year ago. So you put him with that young talent, he could really uh, make a – improvement from a year ago yeah and also on the outside you got uh deandre walker they drafted yes um and from from georgia georgia yep um he, he's kind of a guy a lot of people slept on um you know i guess maybe because he's not lorenzo carter or roquan smith maybe that's yeah. why they kind of slept on a little bit um, the interior is where we get interesting because we have three very viable IDP assets. One of them people are trying to kick out the door. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure the Titans are because I think they still think he's the leader of that defense. And one that everybody wants to take his spot. You know, you have Wesley Woodyard, obviously, is the veteran I'm talking about, that everybody wants to just get rid of and bury. He's a great value late. The one issue is... When does Mike Rabel decide that Wesley Woodyard's time is done and it's Rashawn Evans' season? Yeah, that's, so that's, a, that's and I, I kind of see Woodyard 
following the path that Avery Williamson did for us. Well, Avery Williamson's a lot younger. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they they moved on from him too. They did, and I, I think they will crazy. after this year. Um, Jayon Brown is pretty much there. He's a very solid guy. I would say not terribly flashy, not terribly exciting, but he's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have him in a few leagues, definitely. Uh, but Rashawn Evans is the guy I think everybody wants to see take that step, take think, that role. I think you're right. If Evans can show he's made that next step, take that in, next step and make that improvement, then I think Woodyard may be gone. So you'd say training camp is going to be very important for Evans to show he can lead that defense, that second-team defense. I think so, and I don't know that he's going to overtake Woodyard just this year, but yeah. I think this year as a whole – He's, but if he can plant the seeds that he's ready. Then. Yeah, if he can get the seeds in there early, hey, hey, we might have something here, then, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, you could see the end of Woodyard at season's end. And another interesting player, they drafted David Long Jr. So he's another. Michigan, I think it was. Yeah, I think he's from Michigan. Or is, or is he the – there's a David Long that's a corner, and there's a David Long that's a linebacker. One of them is from Michigan. And I can't remember where the other. I can't remember. I've got them mixed up right now. Yeah, but uh, he he he's draft pick this year along with DeAndre Walker. I don't think either one of them see significant playing time this year, unless injuries strike. Uh, The secondary here is where you got some IDP gold. I think (laughs) here, Uh, Logan Ryan, decent IDP corner. Mm -hmm. Malcolm Butler. God, I loved Malcolm Butler last year because he couldn't stop anybody. I mean, he could tackle everybody, but he couldn't stop anybody. That's for sure. Which is funny you say that because he did have 69 tackles. He had three picks. He housed one. I mean, he made enough plays to – He's that good corner you want. Good enough to make plays, good enough to stay on the field, but bad enough to let people catch the ball. There was a few times, man, he absolutely got torched. And I, just, I know, last year you hated him. You, you, like, were, you were cursing him up God, why is he on the field? Because we'd be mentioning him in the top 12 corners, and you'd be like, God, I hate him. Oh, God, um, he was he was killing us. There was like a two- or three-week stretch, man. He just got roasted. Yeah. And the the IDP darling, Adoree Jackson, um, he, he's – I don't think he lived up to the hype – not yet, but I think you'll see him have a big bounce back this year. I really do. Is he? He's your main punt returner, not necessarily your main kick returner. Uh, yes. Okay. If he did both, I think I could like him a little bit more. Um, but I'm not investing much in corners. I mean, if you ever turn yardage, then I might take a corner a couple rounds higher than you know I might. But either way. Yeah. Um, now the interesting things to talk about: uh, Amani Hooker. Yeah. It is. So, what's his role on this team? Is he gonna play corner? Is he gonna play safety? Is he gonna take he, Vicaro's place? He is could he do a little to... bit of everything this year. I see him being special teams. I see him being some corner because he did play some corner at Iowa. I do see him playing safety. But right now, he's going to be a backup for Vaccaro. Okay. Vaccaro's on a one-year deal. They just re-signed him to one year. And I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep Vaccaro until Hooker 
shows them what he can do, and he's ready to take over. And then I think you see the end of Vaccaro, hmm. which could be next year. I mean, if if Amani comes in and does really well, then you know they're not going to resign Vaccaro unless it's as a backup. Uh, yeah. So I can see that transition, and that's you know Vaccaro and Byard is two good safeties, but I think Hooker and Byard could be even better. Yeah, the one now the the one thing, uh, how is Hooker at tackling? Because if you, I mean, Byard's a pretty decent tackle, but he he likes to play kind of that. He, he's a ball hawk. He is. So he likes to see the field and go after the ball. And um, and Hooker did really well. I mean, he he did really okay. well at Iowa. He wouldn't. He's not one of those that's afraid to get in there. And he's not a greedy. <laughs> he's not a greedy. I, I'll spare you tonight. I'll, I'll let you off the hook tonight. Everybody, I'm sure knows. But um, yeah, he's not afraid to get in there and make the plays. Um, he reminded me a lot of uh, Josh Jackson, who come out a year before. Okay, but I don't think he's all around as talented as Jackson was. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, yeah, better, I think he... Better safety than corner. Yes, yes. Okay. All right, moving on to stats. Wesley Woodyard uh, brings the wood every week. 113 tackles uh, mixed in. Uh, he had one fumble recovery before and a half sacks, which, you know, I guess when you run a 3-4... Some teams like to bring blitzes from different linebacker positions to keep it, you know, so it's not just right. the same guy blitzing all the time. So so they do blitz their interior guys uh, sometimes. Jam Brown obviously did that. He had six sacks of his own with his 97 tackles. We'll get to sacks more in a minute. Uh, but 97 tackles for him. Kevin Byard, 90 tackles. Uh, and here is where... If somebody brings up the fact that free safeties are not valuable, uh, Kevin Byard is the counter-argument to that because he gets 90 tackles about a year. Um, He's right around there. He gets gets picks. As a strong safety. Yeah, and that's why I think some of these free and strong safety labels. QB hits. I mean, they're letting him rush. Now, what – will say well he gets he's streaky with his interceptions and that oh, happens. Yeah. and that's my one knock on him is a lot of his production comes from turnovers and turnovers are probably the least predictable idp stat because you have to be in the right place at the right time and i know it's one of those things that you can't quantify or you can't depend on but he's just one of those players yeah. That has a knack for finding the ball. I mean, it just yeah, he does for whatever reason, and he's been that way. I mean, even if you go back to his days at at Middle Tennessee State, same thing. Yep. Interceptions. I mean, he just he has a knack for finding the ball, and I'll take a chance on a player like that any day. Yeah, definitely. He is. I mean, he's definitely one of the top leaders. He's one. Of the, he's the face of your defense. Yes, I mean. If you think is. about when they unveiled jerseys last year, it was Mariota and and uh, Byard were there to debut them because they're the yeah. two faces of the team. And um, I think you pair him with this. This defense is really young, or yeah. getting really young. And I know we'll get into some more of these numbers, and I'll mention some other things. But yeah, I'm liking what they're doing. 
Yeah, Logan Ryan in 14 games had 76 tackles. Uh, so he's a solid IDP guy. And you know what surprised me? He had four sacks. I did not yeah. even realize that. Which, if, if you've listened to me, Desmond Kings and Mike Hilton's and players like that, that blitz from the corner, that's four sacks for a corner is huge. Yeah, but he's rushing from an outside corner spot because he's more of your outside right. guy. Yeah, he's an outside than, guy. Than a slot guy. But still, so. yeah, that's even... To me, that's even more impressive because you're further away. You're well, not yeah. in there at the slot. Yeah, so. yeah. blindside. Yep. Uh, Adoree Jackson was next on the team of 73. Uh, so those are your basic rundown of tackles here. Um, Adoree Jackson also had two interceptions, 10 passes defended. So, yep. you know, he, he I, I guess I may have been a little critical about that, but... Um, but yeah, he, he's he's still up there on the team. Um, moving well, on to sacks, Drell Casey led the team with seven, so no double digit sacker on this team. They do have a a chunk of guys with decent numbers. They have Jayon Brown with six, Wesley Wood you were four and a half, Harold Landry had four and a half. He only started three games. He'll be the full time starter out there this year. And Logan Ryan yes. had four, like you said, coming off the edge here. A uh, little yeah, weak in the like QB. A little weak in the QB hit department. This team, they got to get better uh, pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you had eleven. Yeah, Landry led the way with fifteen. Well, and I say that because looking at the previous teams we looked at, I mean, you could add up the top five guys here, and they have as many as, um, what's his name, Ngakwe had all put together, pretty much. Right. Like you could see, you could take Ngakwe and Campbell's and your entire you know and i know that 10 guys would add up to those two guys i know the idp world is not going to want to hear this but if you look at those sack numbers just while there's not a this is going to sound familiar there's not a huge 12 to 15 sack guy you got seven six four and a half four and a half four three and a half two two what, what does that sound like? They're coming at you from all angles. There's no yeah. one big star. Rabel learned this when he was in New England. This is the same kind of thing they're building. I think what you're going to see is that Harold Landry is going to be your big – he's going to be your big sack guy. Yeah. And everybody else, gonna, they're going to chip in. Jayon Brown and Wesley Wood, your Logan Ryan. You're going to see a lot of, of – uh, variables coming from this group so while you may not have that 15 to 18 sack superstar they're going to get them from everywhere yeah and going over snap count percentages kevin byard had 99 or 98 percent or 99.7 so he might have missed like one or two uh dory jackson had 91 percent of snaps um that's pretty impressive considering he's not really technically the starter i guess three corner system is how you're going things here. Logan Ryan had 82% of snaps. Jayon Brown, 81%. Malcolm Butler with 80%. Kenny Vaccaro, 71%. Jarrell Casey was 71%. And Wesley Woodyard, 68%. So you can already kind of see Wesley Woodyard's production, uh, or not production, but his number, his snap counts, probably decreasing if we were to look at his historical uh, snap counts which we do not have time to research right now but i'm pretty sure he's split in time with evans evans had 47 percent um so between you know brown's playing quite a bit 
and Evans is spelling the two of them inside. So, um, so any other comments quickly before we are out of time here? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Yes, and um, that's we'll do it for this week here. Uh, we will be coming at you later this week. I can't tell you what morning it will be necessarily, but it will be the AFC, or not the AFC, the NFC South, uh, where we have some interesting teams to take a look at there. Um, we'll we'll kind of use JJ's article to kind of help us out with that. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode. Go Hawks. Tighten up. We talked about the tight. It's very appropriate. Duval. Don't you dare. Good night now. We are out. We'll talk to you Later. soon. Pretty soon you'll Maybe. be every day with us. <laughs>